Hello, good evening, family of faith. Great to see you. Some of you are still coming in the back door right on time. Go ahead and have a seat anywhere you want and get comfortable. We're going to get started. It's so great to see you all today. Um, I want to start with a couple little reminders. First of all, spring has sprung. Hooray! Even though I still have flip-flops and a winter coat by my door, spring is here. So we're going to do a little spring cleaning. So just a reminder, please check in the back the little cubby holes and the coat rack. Youth, look back there and see if you have any jackets or anything that you want to take home because we're going to pitch it. So that's just a little reminder there. And then we do have our women's event coming up. And we're so excited. We encourage you to sign up if you haven't done so already. Um, you're going to be blessed by this event. I know that Margo has spent lots of time and energy um, doing this, putting this together for us. So it's going to be so fun. Bring a friend. It's coming up soon. So it's not this Saturday, but it's next Saturday, April 29th. Um, so we're going to have worship, and there's going to be a couple guest speakers. There's going to be lunch. So put it on the calendar. Make some time for yourselves. Come with us. Bring a friend if you want. There is a sign-up in the back, and there's a $5 fee because we're going to have lunch. Please bring that by Sunday if you can. Um, bring it to Margot. If you can't make the $5, that's okay. Let us know, and you know we'll take care of you. We're family. so. But please remember to do that if you can because food ain't free. <laughs> so again, that's next Saturday, the 29th at 10 a.m. And then lastly, we also have a sign-up in the back for the water baptism. That's going to be on May 7th, and we usually have that right after church. Yes. So if you're interested in doing that, we would love to be a part of that and celebrate with you. Those on Facebook, live stream, if you're thinking about doing that, please come in and see us. And we would love to, to be a part of that with you. If you have any questions, ask Pastor Kylan. And I know that he can answer all of those for you. So with that, we're going to go ahead and get started. I'd just like to pray for us before we do. So, Father, we thank you. Thank you for this day, for, for telling the sun to shine upon us today. Thank you for each person in this house, Lord. Thank you for your faithfulness. We come today in unity, in one accord, to say that you are good. We've come to exalt you, to worship you, Lord, and to thank you for everything you've done for us. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Stand on your feet. Let's worship him tonight. Put me back together 
nothing, Father. Nothing is better than you. Oh, my God. 
and you just felt like you didn't give them enough. Like you got them a $10 gift and then they bought you like a $100 gift and you feel like you have to make it up to them. And I just, I hear the Lord saying, he gave us the best gift and all he's asking is for our worship, for us to just keep our eyes on him. And he'll bless you for it. He's gonna bless you for your praise and worship. He wins battles when we praise. It says that over and over in the Bible, that as people praise, he went and he confused their enemies and he won their battles. And sometimes when I think of all he's done for me and all that he's gonna continue to do, it feels like I just have nothing to give him. But you have exactly what he's asking for. He has given you the ability to raise your hands, to lift your voice, to bow down before him. I know it's not much, but it is exactly what he's asking for. So let's just sing that chorus maybe one or two more times. And I just encourage you to give him what you have. And it is enough. It's exactly what he wants from us. So I'll throw up my hands and praise you again and again.
right, well, it's good to see you tonight. Welcome, live streamers, wherever you're watching at. It's good to have you, Facebook, YouTube, wherever in the world you're watching. It's good to have you. Turned out to be a beautiful day, amen? Did you know it's supposed to be 80 degrees tomorrow? And you know it's supposed to snow Sunday? Did you know that? Amen. So I thought, <laughs> I had to say it, I'm sorry. Didn't mean to burst your spring bubble. <laughs> Good to have you tonight, though. Uh, if you're new with us or haven't been with us in a while, in the back of the chairs in front of you will be a Connect card. I'd love for you to fill that out. And if you do do that, Kelly, that gave announcement to the front, wave your hand around. You can get that to her. She has something for you. Uh, but it's good to have you tonight. Um, so welcome. But right now, tithe and offering. If you have something to give, go ahead and prep that. Offering envelopes are in chair in front of you. Or uh, our ushers, Chris right there, has got some for you. Uh, for some reason, it fell down in that, whatever that pocket is in front of you. You can't find it. He's got one for you. Well, we appreciate your giving uh, and uh, your faithfulness. You are a faithful church, and I appreciate that so much. And everything that uh, happens around here happens because of your giving, but beyond that, because of God taking what we give and doing what we can't do with it. Amen? And God has a, you know, God has a tendency to do that with stuff. He takes it and then does with it what we can't do with it. That's just what, and he does that with us too, right? does that with all areas of our life and including the giving that comes into the church so having said that I'm gonna put somebody on the spot here stand up and pray any volunteers everybody's looking at the floor huh Bill can you pray for me over offering I didn't hear anybody else yell if you yell I didn't hear you everybody knows Bill right Bill's like the most famous person in Urbana, I think. Everybody knows Bill. Everybody. It's so hilarious because when I meet people or talk to people in town or when I talk to people about things to do with the building, like somebody come working on the air or whatever, they always say to me, they always say, do you know Bill Heitman? I'm like, sure I know Bill. Everybody knows Bill. And they always laugh and say, that's true, but it's true. So anyways, why don't you go ahead and pray tonight for our offering, please. Amen. Thank you, Bill. If you have something, bring it down. 
in addition to uh, some of the things that Kelly opened with. And by the way, the ladies' event coming, I'm excited about it for you. Uh, I think we've got closing in on 30 ladies signed up for the event, so it's really cool. So if you haven't signed up, please sign up uh, because they got to order the food for it and all that and prep for it. But sign up's back there in the back. Um, along with that, May the 7th, uh, the first Sunday of May, I believe, uh, we're having what we call Youth Hangout Squared. So uh, the second and fourth Wednesday of the month, we have Youth Hangout during church. But we're going to begin a Sunday night. We'll see how much we do it, maybe quarterly, maybe a little more than that. Uh, a youth service at 6 o'clock for 5th to 12th grade right in here with their own worship, their own message, and their own time. That way they get some room to grow and some elbow space, and it's something just for them. So that's May the 7th at 6 p.m. So let your young person know about it uh, and also to invite some friends. And by the way, we do have details on summer camp. That's July, I think, 13, 14, 15, if I'm correct. If you want more details about uh, summer camp for the youth, let me know, and I'll tell you about it. Uh, a couple other things real quick. May the 21st, you can write this down, uh, that's uh, coming up a month from now. Um, we're having a vision casting day here at the church. And it's been a long time since we've done one. I usually don't wait this long in between, but the last one we did, it was really about finishing up renovations here at the building. Uh, but we're ready to talk about some other things. So that's May 21st. Uh, the Sunday service will be a tad shorter that day. Um, and then uh, bring some food in, bring Carrie in, I'm going to bring chicken, you guys bring the rest, all right, and we'll eat some food and we'll talk about uh, steps forward for our church for the rest of this year into 2024, um, and that is a meeting, it's a gathering for those of you consider this your home church, a member of this church, however you want to put it, so that's May the 21st, so write that down, so I hope you're here for that, we're going to see uh, what God is leading us into for the rest of this year, and last but not least, next Wednesday, we have a guest speaker. Um, if you remember, I don't remember how long ago it's been, but uh, Darius Herrera is going to be back with us. Remember Darius, he's an evangelist from Cuba. Uh, I think probably a little more than a year ago he was with us on a Wednesday. Margaret and I were not here the night he was here, but he's coming back next Wednesday. Uh, so be here for that. As we always do, we have an outside of the, kind of the Only Believe uh, campus circle. We do take up an offering for those speakers, so just you're aware of that. But next week's Darius Herrera. Then the following Wednesday, by the way, is the day before the National Day of Prayer. So two Wednesdays from now, we're gonna have more of a, a prayer night here at the church, there won't be any live stream that night, uh, where we're gonna do a little worship and we're gonna spend the night praying for our nation. Okay, so uh, be here for that. And of course, everything that's going on, on Sundays, good things are happening here at the church. And by the way, I'll just throw this out. Um, Sundays, if you've noticed, this place is kind of getting a little full, good. Uh, but we're prepared, the usher's going to be prepared from here on out to have chairs to set up in the back over there where those white tables are if we need to. So keep inviting people out. We have space. We're just going to keep filling the space. Amen? I may believe that, that God can do above and beyond, but he wants to. And he's not limited to our understanding of things. He works beyond that. And I think he's leading us into some things uh, as a group, as a body, as a church, and I'm excited about it. So just you're aware, I know it's looking like it's a little full, but we do have space to expand a little bit on Sunday. So keep bringing people out, inviting people, and I believe we're going to see salvations in the house. I believe in long-term discipleship. I believe in freedom. People are going to find freedom, amen, from the things in their lives that need to be set free from. So that's why we're here. We're equipping people 
to be who we're supposed to be in our society. All right. Proverbs chapter 27 and verse number 9. We've been in a series, third week of this, on relationships. So uh, the next two weeks we got dairies, next week prayer, the week after. We'll be back to relationships after that. And uh, tonight we're finishing up friendships. When we get back from uh, Pastor Dairies or Evangelist Dairies and then prayer the week after that, uh, we're going to spend the night talking about enemies and what the scriptures say about that because that's very important to understanding how we function in society relationally. And then the week after that, um, I think is going to be a youth hangout night, which is good because we're going to talk about relationships as it has to do with sexuality. And it'll be, I would say, borderline PG-13 message. I'm going to be honest about some stuff that night, so I'm giving you some fair warning about that. All right, so, but that's be four weeks from tonight. So, anyways, Proverbs chapter 27 and verse number 9. Talking about friendship, we've been asking questions about friendship. So, uh, the question that I was asked, I'm going to answer right now, is simply this. And it's a simple question, but we're going to talk about it. How can I be a good friend? Proverbs 27, 9 says, oil and perfume make the heart glad. You know why? Because you smell better after that, I guess. I don't know. Um, <laughs> and the sweetness of a friend, I like the word sweetness there, of a friend comes from his or her earnest counsel. The sweetness of a friend comes from his earnest counsel. You are not meant to do life alone. God made us as relational beings, creatures. We desire relationships. From an early age, although we're figuring life out, you develop relationships in some manner, in some way with those around you. And there's different levels of relationships that we have in life. We have certainly the marriage relationship, a covenant, a sacred covenant instituted by God. But beyond that, we have uh, uh, what we call friendships, we have acquaintances. We have all sorts of levels of relationship in our lives. So we've been talking about uh, friendships. By the way, the church is brought together in part for community of relationships. Not only you not, you're not only not meant to life, do life alone, so we have friendships and those kind of things, but you're also not meant to do discipleship alone. That's why we have the church. Part of the reason the church gathers is because of what the relationships Help us do for one another. Listen, you'll, you'll find a lot out about yourself in a community of people that everybody's not like you. I'll let that set for a second. So, so one time, uh, when I was still the youth pastor over there, we used to do pre-service prayer in our sanctuary. We had a gaming facility, and all the kids were out there. And I had about... 20, 25 kids in there, came in for pre-service prayer, and everybody's standing in a circle, and I was holding hands, we're ready to pray, and I said, everybody look at the person's feet next to you, and everybody's just kind of looking around, I said, okay, let's pray, and they're just like, whoa, whoa, time out, what are you talking about, why did you tell us to do that, I said, I'll tell you next Sunday, come back, prayer. So they came back next Sunday, and we stand in a circle again. I said, look at the people's feet next to you. 
everybody's looking around, looking around. And I started to pray. And when I was done, they're like, hey, you told us last week. I said, I was just kidding. Come back next week. And I did this for like a month. And, and they were just getting agitated with me. You know, teenagers, agitated with me. And finally, I, I had them do it. Okay, everybody come back. Look, what, what, what's about the person's feet next to you? I see sandals. I see flip-flops. Sneakers, I see Adidas, I see Nike, I see whatever. You know, somebody over here's even got dress shoes on. Kudos to you. You know, everybody's wearing something different on their feet. That's like the body of Christ, diversity. You know what's amazing about it? We still stood in a circle and held hands and prayed together to the same God because we believed God was going to show up and do something amazing among us, but yet we're different. That's the body of Christ. And what happens is when Jesus brings you into a place locally like this and you look at your neighbor and they're not just, just like you. There's going to be people in here that are very similar to you, but there's going to be people here that are nothing like you. They got different skin color maybe, different preferences, right? Dress differently, eat different foods, think different things about government, all you find out a lot about yourself when you have to be in a community with people that are not like you. You'll find a lot about your attitude, what it means to love, what it means to forgive, what it means to get over stuff. Part of the reason you're brought here is to learn how to grow relationally. You need the church. Let me know where I'm getting at. So you're not meant to do any of this alone. All right, so having said that. How can I be a good friend? One of the ways that you're a good friend is that you are one that gives good, as it says there in Proverbs, counsel. In other words, a good friend is always looking out for the best of their friend. And you would think that's a lot of common sense there. Well, you would think that's true, but I'll tell you what, it doesn't always go that way. A good friend is always looking out for the best of their friend. Somebody you're knit with, as we talked a couple weeks ago about David and Jonathan, the Bible says they were knit together in their soul. They had a, a deep friendship. In that friendship, they were looking out for the good of one another to the point that Jonathan was defying his father Saul on David's behalf because he knew his father was wrong. Is that right? A good friend is good counsel to their friend. That doesn't mean you're always trying to correct and counsel your friend, but in other words, you are a wellspring of life to them. You're looking out for their best interest. So, so what goes along with that is that the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 10, you have to turn there. This is at the church, but it, as a whole, that we must learn how to spur one another on to love and good deeds. That's friendship. Now, by the way, remember the first week we talked about uh, Paul writes, I think it was Paul, he wrote and he called the gathering of believers, uh, friend, maybe it was John, anyways. The gathering of believers, friends. So in a loose sense, we're all friends here in Jesus. So what we do as a church, but also what we do in our close relationships, spurring one another on to love and good deeds, good counsel, looking out for the best of them. 
So ultimately, if you have friendships that are not spurring you on to loving good deeds, then it's a friendship you need to think about. As we said last week, the Bible says you are not to be yoked with an unbeliever. Why? Because they're not going to necessarily always be spurring you on to loving good deeds. They could be spurring you on to sin. That's a relationship you shouldn't have. Let's be honest about it. So good counsel that I am looking out for the best interest of my friends. Proverbs chapter 27 and verse number uh, 6. And it even goes into this. And this is one a verse that I think a lot of you have heard before. Proverbs 27, 6. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Profuse are the kisses of an enemy. In other words, the enemy will try to take advantage of you by always building you up. But sometimes a friend who's looking out for the best of you is also honest with you. And their honesty may feel like you were just stuck by them, but they're looking out for your good, and you need that. So again, I've told you the names of a couple of my closer friends. They have the absolute freedom to call me out if they need to. Well, whatever it is, I don't even know if I have an example, but whatever it is. You know what? Your attitude is terrible. I can't believe you said that. Where in the world did that come from? But why are you acting this way? See what I'm saying? The wounds of a friend, because they're looking out for my good. That's what a friend does. To the point you can be honest with them. But now, now, as human beings that we are, we like to dispense that kind of stuff. got to be willing to receive it, too. Now, saying that, I don't listen to everything everybody's saying to me. Trust me, pastoring for as long as I have, people have a lot to say. I'm just being honest. And I ignore 97% of it. Because I'm not sure they really have my best interest in mind. They have their interest in mind. But one of my friends comes, I know their heart. I'll listen. I'll take it in counsel. Now, I'll, I'll weigh it out. But I am, listen, in other words, you are never above being teachable in your life. Not only to the Holy Spirit, to the scriptures when you come to church, but also in your close relationships. They can teach you something, right? As, as, as we said, if you are married, your spouse is a place of friendship as a part of the bigger picture of your relationship. My wife has an opportunity to come and speak to me if she wants to about something she sees that she's not up on. She doesn't think it's the best thing. You know, sometimes uh, when we leave, especially on Sundays, I'll ask her, hey, what would you think about the mess? What'd you think about my message today? Sometimes she's honest with me. And generally, she always, always finds fine, but, but we've been doing this long enough that if she says something, I know, oh, that was probably right. Because it's not like every week she's just complaining. I can't believe you said that. You said it too long. You did. But every once in a while, she'll say, you know what? 
I didn't, I didn't understand that part, or I didn't like that, or that example you used didn't make sense. And when she said that, I listened, because she has my best interest in mind. Right? Now, if you guys started complaining about my message, I'd be like, yeah, tough. Go throw rocks down the street. I don't care. But when I'm somebody I, I take counsel or, and, and knit it, and re- I'll listen. You need to receive from those that you trust. Friendship is about trust. And if you trust somebody in friendship and you know they're looking for your best interest, the wounds of a friend are good for you. So a good friendship has trust. Do, do you, uh, you spend time praying for your friends? I hope so, because prayer is one of the greatest things you can do for somebody. Do, how, how do you encourage your friends? Do you encourage them? I hope you do. Good friendship does encouragement. It's the offering of prayer. It is, uh, at times, sending a, a verse, texting or a call. Hey, I was thinking of, I, I know we talk a lot, but I was just thinking about something specific. Here's a scripture I was thinking of. People in your life that just don't take time for you when they have time, but they will take time for you when they need to make time for you. That's a friend. And there's a relationship of trust being built there. And what better thing can you have in your life Somebody that can celebrate when you celebrate. When you mourn, they mourn with you. That if there's a burden to bear for a season, they're helping you bear burdens. That friendships aren't just about taking, but it's a give and take relationship. In other words, there's a mutual beneficial relationship for two people. That's a good friend. So, so another question I was asked is, are friendships supposed to be for, for your whole lifetime, or, or can friendship change? Is there ever a point that a friendship is no longer good for me? You know, that kind of thing. Well, we can stay in Proverbs chapter 27 and verse number 10. It says, do not forsake your friend and your father's friend, and do not go to your brother's house on the day of your calamity, but better is a neighbor who is near than a brother who is far away. So here's the thing. Life changes. Ecclesiastes, uh, uh, King Solomon wrote in his questioning. He, he, got, he got to a good place at the end of Ecclesiastes, but the whole book of Ecclesiastes was a bunch of stuff. Don't listen to that. Get to what he says at the end. He says, meaning is meaningless. Life is meaningless. No, we don't believe that. But he got to the end. Okay, what, what, when we're doing this with God, yes, okay. But, but he was asking questions like that. But, but he says there's a time for everything, a time to be born, a time to die, and, and, and that kind of stuff. Life changes. Seasons happen. And friendships do change. As I said, the, the first one is they were talking about this. I can remember uh, friends that I had in grade school that I am no longer friends with. Don't know where in the world they are. I have friends in high school. I know where those guys are. I have friends in college. I know where those guys are. 
and, and there's some of them that I have some loose contact with, but they all live away from me. I don't live in the same state as any of them anymore. We don't hang out. We don't do stuff. Social media now, and there's contact. So life changes, and friendships will change. Is there ever a point that a friendship is no longer good for me? Yeah, there's a friendship that for some reason is taking you to places and to sin that you shouldn't be. Yes, that friendship must end. Whether it was a relationship and then, then you've come to a place of salvation and growth and conviction and things split, or it was a relationship where both of you were chasing after Jesus and they decided not to anymore, and, and now they're trying to bring you into their way of life. You, you've got to change. So friendships can change. But the point of that verse of Proverbs is, is you don't need to change friends unless you need to. What better is there to have a long-standing friend of encouragement and trust and, and help, right? So can friendship change? Absolutely. But can friendship be for life? Absolutely, too. But what about uh, dealing with conflict when conflict happens in relationships? How many of you ever had a friend and found yourself in conflict? Let's talk about that. How do I handle conflict within friendships? So Proverbs chapter 17. Proverbs dispenses quite a bit of wisdom about friendships. Proverbs chapter 17 and verse number 9. It says, whoever covers an offense seeks love. But he who repeats a matter separates close friends. Have you ever, have you ever uh, heard your business out of somebody else's mouth that you know for sure you never told that person your business? Repeating a matter separates close friends. Love covers an offense. But if love doesn't cover an offense, then, then it can turn into gossip and slander and things that separate close friends. Well, one more verse, and then, then we'll talk about this. First Peter chapter number 4. Pick up on what that Proverbs was saying. 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse number 8, this is talking about the church in general. It said, above all, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of what? Sins. Okay, so there is a place of maturity that we're called to grow into as believers that one of the key I guess you want to say foundations of that maturity is the word love. And we know the two great commands we're called to love God with everything you have, love your neighbor as yourself. And that whole love your neighbor as yourself sets up the whole business of relationships. The foundation of living in society is learning how to love other people. And you would think then, you think it would be obvious, but I don't know, that when you are developing a close relationship with somebody, there's a kindred spirit there, 
that there would be love there. And I know we were talking about this the first week. This is hard for guys, right? We don't use that word a lot talking about our friendships. Like I said, it's not like I, my friend Paul, I text him, hey, Paul, so, you know, I love you. No, I don't do that, all right? But Paul knows I love him, right? See what I'm getting at? But the point is, there is love in friendship. If it is a mature love, it's a love that will seek to cover an offense. A mature love in the church has the ability to cover a multitude of sin. And that's hard to do. Especially when the sin was towards who? You, me, from somebody else. That, that if, and whatever the situation you can think of, something happens in that relationship for some reason, that response of a mature love means everything. Am I going to seek to cover an offense? Is my love going to cover multiple sin? Or am I going to allow it to break down the relationship? And now I'm out gossiping and slandering because I got to get people on my side. Because everybody's going to know we're not hanging out anymore. And I got to make sure I'm on the front of the PR of this thing. That it wasn't my fault. That they got issues. And you know how that stuff goes, right? There are, are offenses and sins that need to break down relationships. Abuse and things of that nature. And though the Holy Spirit will lead us in the place of forgiveness, that does not always mean a full reconciled relationship. Okay? God is not asking somebody abused to be back in relationship with their abuser. I mean, what I'm getting at. But in a general sense of offense, and sins in relationship where we offend and hurt one another, a mature love covers this. Because there's nothing better than the forgiveness of reconciliation that models the kingdom of God in a relationship. Some of you probably had a friendship in your past you were close with, there was an offense, and you still got a grudge. I, I don't know why I'm thinking of this. It was, I was talking to somebody... I think I, I either saw this, I was talking to this person, and they hadn't talked to somebody in I don't know how many years. I'm talking about. But the person that was offended couldn't remember what the problem was. How many know I'm talking about? It's been so long, and the relationship was so broke down, and they couldn't even remember exactly what happened. They just know they don't like them, and there's a grudge. That's no way to live life. You know what I'm saying? That's no way to live life. But you learn how to love in a mature way that will go out of its way to cover an offense, to cover a sin, for the benefit of ongoing relationships. So how do I deal with conflict? Love. How do I deal with conflict? What's love teaches to do? Forgive. What if they don't respond? You did what you were supposed to do. Right? If a relationship is cut off, and it's not something that needs to be, 
It's not because of your action. It's because the other decided. I don't want relationships in my life that are that way because I did things that I should not have done and certainly weren't based in love. That's how we deal with conflict. By the way, that's not just friendship. That's church. How many people are offended at church and they don't go back? Get mad about something? That stuff agitates me. Allowed them, pastor. I'd be agitated about that. You, you know what? You know why? You know why? Okay, let me just say this. Are we perfect? Why do we come together with a bunch of people that may not be like us? It may actually rub us the wrong way some. Why do we keep coming together? Because we have Jesus. So whenever I have two people in conflict in the church, this is what I do. This is, this is going to work out. That's why I always say. So if you ever came to me and said, I'm mad at this person. I said, okay, both of you come to me. That's what's going to happen. And I'm going to grab you both. I'm going to say, this is going to work out. You know why? Because we have Jesus. That's what I'm going to say. And you're all going to figure this out. You know why? Because you have Jesus. So figure it out. That's, that's what I'm going to do. Right? Look, that's the only way we can keep coming together. Because you're going to get offended. You're going to get hurt. Somebody's going to say something. Somebody's going to do something. Some, I don't know. I've heard a thousand things over the thousands of them. We keep coming because we have Jesus. And what does Jesus tell us to do? Don't give up gathering together. That's what he tells us. Because we need each other. Amen? They deal with conflict because of mature love and what mature love teaches us. Forgiveness and getting along and, 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 and reconciliation. That, that's what that is about. Okay, so that's how we deal with conflict in relationships. All right, I'll close with this. A couple minutes. But what if I struggle to make friends? Why do I feel like I'm left out? Why does it feel like there's clicks happening and I'm never a part of it? And, and, and by the way, being a youth pastor for as long as I was, I heard the word clicks so much I wanted to kick it out of the English dictionary. Okay. So, a lot of times when people say, I am not a part of this, it's clickish, is because they're not a part of a group that they want to be a part of. That's why they say it. Because I, I'm going to be really honest with you. When I hang out with my friends, I don't invite everybody in the world to come. I don't invite everybody in my contact list to come. I don't send a big mass invite out to my Facebook thousand person friend list. I don't invite the whole church to come. I hang out with a couple guys. Because we settle into certain relationships for a reason. Right? So, can groups of people be cliquish where they're not welcoming? Yes, but at the same time, when people get together, not everybody can get together. It's not possible. People have a tendency, I think, to fall into some jealousy about stuff. And sometimes it's not fair to call good friends click just because you weren't invited.
couple things. First is y'all are invited to come here every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. and Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Every single one of you invited to come together with us when we do a church picnic, when we do one this summer at the park again. All the ladies, every lady in the house, you're welcome to be here a week from Saturday at 10 a.m. for a ladies' get-together. You're invited. All the guys were welcome to be together last Friday if you wanted to. We have small groups. Guess what you're invited to do? Little small group. Okay, that's first step. Church is open. Right? But beyond that, sometimes you have to be a friend to have friends. You can't always expect the invite. You have to be an invite. You can't always wish you were with these people. You've got to get with people. You've got to ask people to do stuff. And this is coming from class A, 10 out of 10 introvert. That's my life lesson right there. That's what I learned. In junior high, right, I'd go to church on a Wednesday night with the youth group, and I would sit in the back all by myself. I learned later, you know why I was all by myself? Because I didn't sit with somebody. Could I have sat down next to somebody and say, hey, my name is Kylan, what's your name? I, I could have did that easily, but I didn't. Yeah, I'd be like, Psh. That church is stupid. And we talked to them. And I had an attitude about it. See what I'm getting at? Sometimes you got to be a friend to have a friend. You can't sit there and then get offended when you're not a part of what other people are doing. Make a friend. That, that takes effort. It takes effort. Okay? So quit worrying about what you're not a part of. Start to build something that you are. Right? So I, I am, every time I do, so, so what I do is, I, I do things, I, I hike, I, I go fishing sometimes, I hunt. Now, I don't always invite people to do that. But generally when I go do something, I will always invite at least one person to do something with me all the time. Always. Why? Because I'm making connections. Sometimes after church, we'll just say, hey, who wants to go out and have some lunch? Go eat lunch. I don't have a lot of money, then go get a coffee. Right? We walk, we walk at the park sometimes on Sunday nights. Every now and then, we invite, I'll invite a couple named Andrew and Ashley. Hey, you want to come with us? They're often busy, but they came a couple weeks ago. Just walked in the park with us. Invited them. You can bring people into your life if you want to. Will everybody respond? Nope. Will everybody become your friend? Nope. But, but there's a lid for every pot or whatever that's called. Kettle, lid, I don't know. You know what? How many know what I'm talking about? Okay. All right. But look, make an effort. Make an effort. Amen? Make an effort. Because God created us for relationship. Amen? Okay. I'll stop there. All right, when we get back to relationship, we'll talk about enemies and that whole business. But next week, uh, Gary Herrera, he's got a, a good ministry. I know, I know he's got a good ministry time. 
So I'm looking forward to that. So be here next Wednesday. Bring somebody with you. Let's pray, and we will see you again on Sunday morning. And by the way, when we're done, if you want prayer for anything, we're going to hang out here for a second. Come on down. We'd love to pray with you, okay? If not, we'll see you Sunday. Lord, we thank you for an opportunity to come together, be in your house tonight. Simply just continue to grow in you, to learn, to live the Jesus way. That, that we look to your example, Lord. Lord, grow us and help us. Holy Spirit, have your way. Lord, do in us things that we can't do without you. I just thank you for, for loving us and for your patience with us, Lord, and for all the things that you do. Thank you. We're going to make it because you're helping us. And I believe that with all my heart, Lord, that this congregation is going to make it. No ifs, ands, and, and buts about it. We're going to make it. Lord, keep growing us and keep leading us and keep guiding us. And we do all this for your glory, for your glory, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, love somebody before you head out tonight. We'll see you Sunday morning. Bring somebody with you.